Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to tonight's main event for the thousands live here and the millions around the world. Welcome to the VR1 NFT podcast. I am your host. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is the day after Christmas. And, um, you know, it's amazing to have you guys with me here. You know, I greatly appreciate it. I hope that you guys had a wonderful um, holiday with your loved ones. And um, I have so much that I want to share with you guys. First of all, let me tell you guys that before I started the podcast, I'm looking over logistics, right? Like I'm I'm plugging in on my systems. You know, my executive producer will be back from vacation in about two weeks. And um, he's, he's my son as well. And, um, you know, I'm looking through my messages. And I got a message from Instagram. I found the lead video model for one of my releases and I have been I guess looking for a few weeks maybe a few months and um, everyone that I reached out to was very unprofessional this young lady has a full portfolio for me to pick and choose from and you know she's hired that's it you know, I, I definitely want to work with her. Um, I have a photographer that I want to work with. And she's like the best in the United States, right? I have, she's like, she's like my uh, career crush, like as far as me being an artist, right? And the whole thing about it is, is that I need to hire her in the United States to do the work outside of the United States. So travel becomes an expense, transportation, food, lodging, etc. But I believe in my heart that she is, uh, um, you know, she, she's the person that I definitely want, you know, as far as, uh, you know, my, my career, you know, wrong thing. She is, um. She's somebody that I support. She's so artistic. She, I mean, her portfolio is crazy as well for photography and film. And um, she's always helping, like, um, aspiring um, young ladies that want to get into photography. So I definitely am pro-women as far as my company, the people around me, management, administration, visuals and things like that like women are just on another level and i vibe with them you know women are not haters as far as in the professional realm you know if there's something they could do better they're gonna they're gonna suggest it and you don't have to second guess that you know their work ethic is incredible and for me you know, the way that I see it is I want to deliver my clients, my consumers, and, you know, all of my listeners, my fans, as far as music, I want to deliver the best possible experience that I can. Um, Wow, look at the Patrick Bet David family in... Um, in my I'm 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 sorry, I'm scrolling through my LinkedIn. Um shout out to Patrick Bet David and his whole family. Uh shout out to Miss Amber Marie Green and um shout out to hold on, let me see exactly. So I, I like to give everybody their flowers, you know. Show love and show support whenever possible. But, um, you know, I'm thinking about a topic. I'm like, how am I going to start the week? Shout out to ATX Wholesale. Um, 
And I'm like, this is the perfect uh, opportunity and, and the best way to, to, to do it. And um, let me see here. So basically, I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, how are we gonna, how are we gonna do this? And I'm like, you know what? What better way to start the week than to, um, than to, you know, kind of speak on that, just so we could build on it. The last two, um, the last two podcasts were very deep and emotional as far as business. So, you know, we're going to get into that as well. And um, the cool thing about it is that I can give you guys an update. First of all, I'm super excited. I'm up super duper early just, you know, to continue to build. Everything has been a success. I have some business meetings coming up in the next two weeks. So that's pretty cool. Um, We're in the process of finalizing the contract with the medical facility and then for the, the educational facility, um, we're pretty much, you know, scheduling to, to meet up with them for, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, for uh, this week coming up. You know, ideally, it would be on the 1st, but um, that I won't know 100%. But basically, you know... This is my my consensus. Like, I want to deliver the absolute best that I can in all things that I do. Also, I want to give a special shout-out to the artist, Russ, because he's definitely an inspiration for me. And I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Tom McDonald. Let me tell you guys my Tom McDonald story. Over time, you know, I always look for for new music, right? And I see how, you know, he's so consistent. I'm an artist myself. I release music every day, right? Um, Russ said in an interview that he had how he basically, you know, after three or four days of him not doing music, you know, he feels like, what the heck is going on? Like, he feels like there's something wrong. I'm the same way. I've actually taken a few days off because I'm in the middle of a controversy. And I'm going to share it with you guys before I do the interviews because I feel like I owe that to you guys, right? So on this platform, I'm as transparent as I possibly could be. You know, when it comes to breaking things down, I don't think I have a better venue to be able to do so. So because I'm an artist and I'm an entrepreneur and I have so many things going on, it's hard to to just focus on like one thing without focusing on everything else. And then like it's unfair if I just talk about that and then I don't talk about everything else. So let's go down in layers. First of all, the controversy. Just to get it out of the way, because it's to the point where, like, even my, even my dad was, like, kind of hinting at it and talking about it. So, let's go with the controversy. I own one of the biggest catalogs in music for an artist. Any generation, any genre, right? I record in different in, in different styles, right? So I'm a very complete artist. I have a little bit of everything, right? Okay. On top of the fact that I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I'm into a lot of different um you know, I'm into a lot of different businesses and investments, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So long story short. I release music in this uh, particular um, style, which I'm going to talk to you guys about. 
it is called champeta okay so we're gonna have an educational uh segment here so for all my mentees please take notes okay so i'm gonna put this platform down because obviously i'm trying to multitask and multitask at the same time so long story short this style of music is called champeta. What is champeta? And who better to explain it to you? Because I just released the album of champeta about a week ago. Okay? So, long story short, in Colombia, there is an underground movement. Now, everybody has a different variation of what underground is. But I'll do my best to explain it. Matter of fact, let me have a sip of my Starbucks blonde roast, the perfect cup of coffee. See how they did today. Mm. Not perfect, a little below the line, which is good. I only use six raw sugars today. Mm. So, let me break it down to you all the way, because I, I have to ventilate this in a positive way. And... Not only am I going to share that, but I'm going to share with you guys my resolution. So, this style is the underground rhythm of the soul of Colombia, of the streets of Colombia, of the villages and the mountains of Colombia, which is my stomping grounds. This is where I come from, not necessarily Colombia, because my family is from the Caribbean, but this mountainous sound is my native sound, right? First of all, all music comes from Africa, where humankind comes from. So all these rhythms have seeped into, they've been carried with our people all over the world. So everywhere you go, where you have mountainous jungle areas, you have these sounds. And every country or providence or, you know, body of land has a different connotation to it and as technology has been introduced has been modernized so i'll give you an example for dominican republic which is my root right those are my roots they just officially proclaimed dembo as a dominican rhythm how did it get established well very simply put it got established because um, institutions such as the Grammys, the Latin Grammys, actually have a slot for this rhythm and style. And the Grammys, I don't know if you guys understand, work a little bit different than all other institutions. Every state, every province, every country has a division for music. And they register with the Grammys to be able to submit their works of art as far as music, and then they also have a voting right for each segment of music. So the Grammys are awarded by artists, by sectors, regions, countries, providences, etc. So this is why it's one of the highest regarded awards because it's like the people's champ. It's like a boxer union crowning boxers that they see that had a great achievement. It's like the Carpenters Union, you know, um, giving an award to a carpenter company, um, giving them merits. In other words, for example, me in barbering, right? I'm, I'm developing this institution. I've developed franchises in that industry. That's like the industry recognizing my franchise as world-renowned. It's kind of like in the same vein, right? So for Dominican Republic, Dembo represents that mountainous underground jungle vibe sound it's a very pure raw sound um it is based on many influences but if i had to generalize it which is unfair for me to do so but if i had to generalize it it's kind of like a fusion between reggae dancehall reggaeton rap hip-hop all combined in one right now, 
There is a debate whether Dembo is Dominican, and I'm not going to go into those specifics because I can tell you as an artist that Dembo was created and solidified by Shaba Ranks. Okay, just like the term dancehall came from the reggae rhythm, Dembo was that alternate sound, that overlapping sound is Dembo. And Shaba Ranks is the first with an official release where he's talking about the Dembo. It's kind of like the sound of certain handheld string in instruments that were accompanied by batteries, which in America you guys call drums. So, needless to say, in the Caribbean, the Latin sound for underground, and again, there's different variations of what underground is, is reggae, dong, right? Which means over reggae. Anytime in Spanish that you are exalting something, you will add, you know, T-O-N or O-N at the end of that phrase, so what it means is to overlap. And remember the example that we gave with Dembo, right? That overlapping sound is the same with reggae. Reggae hip-hop fusion becomes dancehall and reggaeton because it has the overlapping feature, but then it adds another layer, which is the Spanish word, the Spanish tone, the Spanish delivery, the Spanish execution, but also the Caribbean rhythm. This is island music. You're going to find similar native sounds in places like Samoa and Hawaii, for example. That's another conversation. So shout out to all my people in Samoa and in the islands, period. So long story short, reggaeton becomes the most popular sound, right, in Latin America. And then, you know, you still have Spanish rap and hip-hop. But reggaeton solidifies the new wave. Only second to reggaeton as far as time frame now is Dembo. Right? So now, only third in arrival. Not that these sounds were created by the new age artists. These rhythms always existed, but there was no technology to connect the world as the world is connected now. So you know, news in one part of the world within seconds is up on the internet for the whole world to see and understand. So we're more connected now. Well, in Colombia, they're Dembo because now you see we're using Dembo as a generalized term. Their Dembo is Champeta. Champeta is the underground mountainous jungle sound with the Caribbean rhythms same thing is infused with the with the Latin um, text, right? Latin lyrics. But it's going through the revolutionary phase. The mainstream artists, which by the way, Colombia has about 12 key fucking elite artists in all genres of urban music and Hispanic music as a whole. Well, those artists are afraid to embrace the Champeta movement because it is deemed as the underground, the Dembo. So now you see how those two words even combine and overlap to fuse together, right? So what winds up happening is, is that now this entire movement is gaining strength and power, which is my approach to support and why I released an album in Champeta. So about a week ago, I released an album with 19 original Champetas, with 19 original producers. I'm the only artist featured on my album, and I'm the first Dominican to do so. That is very strong. I have my reasons. I'm artistic. That's how I express myself. But I'm also hyper competitive. I don't have one of the biggest catalogs for no reason. I have the biggest catalog for a reason. So now, 
the people that I'm working with overseas are on questionable terms because they're supposed to be working with my project. And what they did was alert one of their elite artists to release a record in that format. So what does he do? He grabs two artists on the come up that already have millions of views and streams and jumps on one of their records, but releases it on his own. So now he's getting the merit and the credit as the first Dominican to do so. So internally, I'm made aware of the situation, but I don't, I don't fall into the media spotlight nonsense. I'm more concerned with the fact that I have friendships with these people and it's burning the bridge long term. We're already starting 23 on the wrong term and in the wrong path. So long story short, now I have a position of power for marketing and distribution if I really wanted to, because now what they essentially gave me is a taking time bomb. And I'll explain myself. I already went through the two or three days of going online to clarify it to the world. Like, listen, not only am I the first Dominican, I have 19 records in the album format. This guy released a remix. And although you guys spoke about it, I actually did it. And I did it first. I don't appreciate how you guys are triangulating, supposed to be helping me, but then giving this person all the praise and even telling this artist to do that. Because I welcome that. I wanted other artists to jump on that style. To show support so that we could all be united, right? As a, as a, you know, as a new movement as far as music. But at the same time, I understand the industry in Europe and the United States. Overseas is very small terrain for me. I've already hit the biggest markets that the world knows. So now that puts me in a position of power and why they handed me this nuclear hand grenade because at any moment that you interview me, you're going to ask me and I'm going to tell you and it's going to stir up controversy, which is going to damage the legacy of this said artist. Not in a bad way, just in the artistic competitive nature based on that. And that's not the way that I want to launch my career. That's not what I want to be known for. And that's not even the way I do business because... I'd rather save it for the right time. A year, two years from now, when my tour commences, when the whole world knows who I am, that's when I'll talk about it. No time before. Let the people in the media overseas talk about it, but they'll never get an input from me. And I've learned that from artists such as Daddy Yankee, that he never allowed little bait and switch situations like that get to him like people could speculate without me having to say anything or partake into the nonsense because now I'm also alert and I'm like are you using this for marketing are you using this to bond your career with mine because you know that I'm there to be the Kobe Bryant of the fucking music industry and now you want to attach yourself, even if it's loose, loosely, like distant, right? It also showed me the mentality of these people. Now, I cannot, with 100% certainty, state that it is that way. This is based on my perception, because the owner of that movement, the owner of that main company for media and stuff like that, He's been very quiet and silent and now has, in a sense, established some distance. So now I have a decision to make. I have cards to play in my deck. I have chess pieces to move around the chessboard. And it's sad because there's been a, 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 a calling, a message being sent out that we're going to lose this opportunity that now that Dembo is being acknowledged, that Bad Bunny won the first one. The people overseas are not focused on, we need to go win the second one. 
And we need to establish that that's our identity as far as sound, right? What's happening is, is that this warning of if we don't unite as artists, we're going to lose what we're culminating. We're destroying from the inception because look how we're starting. Like, I'm on the good guy side. I'm, I'm trying to unite the movement and I have the catalog to do so. I don't have to work with anybody when my catalog is bigger than theirs. It's as simple as that. Yet, I'm still politically pursuing that because I feel like it is the right thing. Like, the, the industry and the business has given me a great career. And it's only getting better. And I am an artist like a Russ who's fully independent and underestimated, underappreciated. But his value in the market is ridiculous. Um, Tom McDonald, do you know why I give him props? 100% independent, one-man army, one-man team. It's literally him and his wife and a few other people. But those two people, him and his wife, they do everything themselves. From packaging to design to engineering to releasing to the concept, the videos, the songs. They put it on iTunes. They are number two in the iTunes charts for pop records for Christmas. Second only to Mariah Carey. And Mariah Carey has the biggest Christmas record, period, of all time, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm so inspired by the fact that this person was able to establish that pretty much by themselves. And I'm like, they understand what I've tried to make clear to all of my fans and followers and colleagues and mentees and business partners. I don't need the bullshit of the music industry. I don't need the foo-foo and I don't need the wah-wah. You understand me? My 2016 Lamborghini Aventador, black on black on black, is good enough for me. I don't need to change the wheels that come with the car. I don't need to modify the engine. If anything, I may put turbos on it in the future. It doesn't matter if it makes a thousand horsepower or two thousand horsepower. You know what matters? That it fits me. That I'm content with it. That I could drive it every day and enjoy it without worrying about nothing. I don't need to have a 2023 Sion 6.3. It's all in my records. It's all in my music. I have albums with the car on the cover before the car even came out. This is not new to me. I've been doing this shit since the beginning of my career. Especially with the brand Lamborghini, I don't think an artist has endorsed that brand more than me ever in the history of music. But that's a whole nother conversation. Now it's common. You hear the kids talking about it like it's, you know, a pair of white socks. To give you an example, right? So, these people understand because people like Russ and Tom McDonald, just as two examples, I'm even going to throw in um, my boy Toxic Crow from, from Dominican Republic. These niggas is millionaires, have beautiful marriages, beautiful wives, beautiful children. They're fully artistic. They express themselves however they see fit. And that's it. They don't give a fuck about what you think about them, what you say about them, or what you try to do. They don't operate in this fucked up system that is a pay-to-play system. That they exalt who they want to exalt and they destroy who they want to destroy. These artists have been in the industry for over five years, making millions of dollars, living a perfectly normal life, and don't have to worry about shit. Because they don't depend on this fucking system. This is what I've been saying to everybody that I'm close to, like, y'all don't understand. I've been a multimillionaire. Like, you don't get what the fuck I'm saying. You don't understand the language I'm speaking to you. 
because I'm speaking Japanese to a Chinese person. Or I'm speaking Chinese to a Japanese person. It looks the same, sounds the same, but it is not the same. All this illusion that I had as a new artist of the music industry no longer exists because now I understand the reality of the point that I'm trying to make. Do I want to be on TV portraying the image of being a DECA millionaire when in reality I'm barely a millionaire? Or be a multi-millionaire in real life? For real. No bullshit. Liquid. Real estate, technology, music, assets, investments, portfolios. Like liquid. I could go buy a fucking jet today if I wanted to. Not that I'm going to go buy a jet and fucking put my whole net worth into some bullshit like that. But that's a different conversation. The point I'm trying to make is... Now I have to be more careful. And I am a firm believer of this nomenclature that I came up with myself. Based on all the input from all my mentees, mentors, business programs, etc., etc. When you achieve success is when you work the hardest. You think it was hard to make it to success? If you think that that's all the hard work you're going to put in, you're not built for success. Because that's not reality. Jordan had to work harder when he got to the finals. And when he won the first ring. Than never before in his career. The same thing with Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, you could name all these fucking legends. Once you achieve success, that's when the shit is real. Look at Elon Musk right now. You thought he was successful with PayPal? You thought he was successful with Starlink? You thought he was successful with, with Solar City? You thought he was successful with Tesla? This nigga just bought Twitter. Now the shit is real. Now the beef is real. Now your focus has to be fucking laser guided. Now it starts. People don't understand that. They don't understand quantum growth. Quantum growth is not broke to PayPal. Quantum growth is not broke to PayPal, to SolarCity, to SpaceX, to Tesla. No, quantum growth is Twitter. What are you going to do after this? You got to run for president. Did I say it? I'm going to say it again. Quantum growth is Twitter. Quantum growth is the only thing you got left to do is to run for president. Elon, I call him Eminem. M, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Shout out to Elon Musk. Shout out to Twitter. Shout out to Tesla. Shout out to SolarCity. Shout out to SpaceX. This is how powerful what the fuck I'm trying to explain to y'all is. Now that my catalog is what it is, 22 has been the best year in my career. And I released... 987 songs last year. 987 songs, 94 albums, 296 collaborations, and I inspired 22 songs, meaning 22 artists took some of my vocals and samples and created some records. I did that in seven months and two days. I know for a fact that I beat those numbers for 2022. I am days away, maybe a few weeks away from receiving the numbers from my DSP, which is BandLab, to know what I've done this year. Do you think that my entire career, which spawns all the way back to 94, 95, we're talking 27 years I've been in the music industry. As a millionaire. Okay? Let's get that clear. Because when I first became a millionaire, you know, I, I felt like I had something to prove. Like, I got to fucking tell people. I think it's been 20 years I really haven't mentioned it like that. So now I have to say it again. The hard work starts now. Me selecting the concepts, the videos, the art, the this, the that, the third... 
The hard work starts right now. And that is the fucking reality of my career. The worldwide tour, this is the beginning. What do you think? Just because I'm going on a worldwide tour again, I haven't done that in 20 years. That means that after this tour, it's going to be another 20, 30 years before I do another worldwide fucking tour. And, and what, what does that mean? What happens? When you go on a worldwide tour, guess what happens? More fucking people know about you. More people consume your music. So that makes your work that much fucking more harder. That makes your, your mission, your challenge, that much stronger. That's what it comes down to. Once you achieve that success, now we're talking quantum. Now, I got to work the hardest. When I first started the tour, when we started building on the tour, do you know what was the number of shows? It was 500 shows. That means that's already a year doing shows every fucking day for almost a year and four or five months. Do you want to know what the reality is now? It's closer to 1,200 shows. Where I thought I was going to do one show a day, I'm doing four fucking concerts a day. Six, seven days a week. And because the doctor is like, you need a day of rest. (laughs) What do you think happens after 1,200 shows? Do you think that you look at life the same? Hell motherfucking no. Do you think you look at the industry the same? Hell motherfucking no. You think I want to deal with the bullshit and the nonsense of this fucking industry? After 1,200 live events with hundreds of thousands of people at every show, millions of people coming to see me, and I could fucking buy my mother the estate that she deserves, my father the estate that he dreams of, put my kids in the best universities all over the world, be able to travel and live however the fuck I want and have the the greatest advantage that nobody knows who the fuck I am. That the only people that connect with me are my fans. To me, that's winning a hundred times. For every underground record that receives an award, for me it's like a hundred Grammys. Because I don't have the fucking machine of a record label and I don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to put into my music well indirectly i do because i use the own you know my own income that's coming in from my record sales but i'm not starting with a hundred million dollars like a sony universal warner brothers columbia atlantic all these fucking gigantors in the music industry you know what's the only thing i have that they don't have is my catalog You know what's the only advantage that I have? I have the best artists ever in this music shit for my generation, period. Any way you slice it, any way you want to break it down, I don't want to sound arrogant, but it's just the truth. So I got to work twice as hard. I got to work 12 times as hard just to compete for market share, just to be in that fucking mix, just to be in that conversation. Yet I'm not driven by those accolades, I'm not driven by that exposure or, or, or the consumer awareness. I have to fight for every fucking fan that I get, every single one I got to fight for. There is a, a, a consumer acquisition cost for, for my, you know, the dynamics of my career. And not only for myself, but for every artist, including independent underground artists on the come up. Which is why I said earlier there's different layers to underground. Underground for me is anything that's not mainstream. Let's not go into the specifics and, and, and make that shit fucking five legs on a cat. You know it only has four. Anything that's not mainstream. Any type of music that you're not going to see on the fucking Super Bowl halftime show is underground. Whether you recorded the record in a basement, in your house, in a car, in the closet, in your college dorm, at your buddy's house. Anything that's not on the motherfucking Super Bowl halftime is underground. And I could break everything down from the analytics of how much money the fucking 
Fortune 500 companies spend a year, which is like $800 billion to advertise. It, these are fucking ridiculously crazy numbers. Just the NFT market cap, the projection for 25 is $80 billion. You know what's my goal? Right now, step one, how much more of that market cap can I take? I'm the first nigga on the NFT fucking blockchain metaverse, right? So... How much of that is my music worth? 80%? 85%? There's only one way to find out. But my goals are clearly written and identified. Meaning, I understand the value of what I'm doing today based on tomorrow's expectation or projection. I see the vision today. I'm a time traveler. I came back from the future to go towards the future on a better term. So the reason why I mentioned some of the people that I did in the beginning is because now I get to pick and choose what records, what lyrics, what hooks, what bridges, what performances, what singles, for what EPs, what albums. I get to choose the scenery and the background for every uh, visual uh, expression of my lyrics. My lyrics are in the process of being made into movies. This is just little old me from Harlem in the Bronx with a huge dream where my first goal was to buy a Lamborghini Diablo. Check that shit off the list. I had two of them bitches. Three, but one was a trade-in, so that one doesn't really count. Then the goal became this. Then the goal became that. Then the goal became this. Then the goal became that. So it changes the dynamic of the perception of how you live your life. Because now I'm not a little kid, 13, 14 years old, breaking into the music industry. Now I have a wife and beautiful children that are in college. Now I'm not into buying bullshit-ass chains and Rolex watches. I buy real estate now. I don't want to just own condominiums and apartments and houses and and, and commercial and, and, and industrial real estate. No, I want to own shopping centers. I'm buying buildings now. I'm actually playing Monopoly in real life while these niggas is talking some bullshit about some checkers. I'm over here playing chess. This is a chess game. Mind you, I gave you guys a promise when I started this podcast. You guys are coming along for the ride. Because when it's all said and done and I retire again, because I've been retired already <laughs> a few times in my life, and I currently am retired, this is what I'm going to do. When I'm creating content, when I'm on, on, on the tour, you guys are going to get the whole fucking everything. You get in the podcast. You get in the channel on YouTube. You get in the fucking streams on the DSPs like Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime. You're going to have the theatrical releases. You're going to have the videos. You're going to have the NFTs. You're going to have the merch. You guys are getting everything. That's it. Love it or hate it. Like it or leave it. It doesn't matter. It's, nothing is going to stop. I want to give another shout out to Tom McDonald. When you go on his website, his merchandise game is so serious. Like, I saw a, a box gift set that he has. It's $300. $300. This shit has the albums, the hoodies, the fucking, the face mask, the, the nip print um beanies and shit. He got fucking wristbands and some other shit like dog. You know how much props I give him? We're not talking about Taylor Swift, which I'm sure has box sets that are even more. This is an independent artist. This is a one-man army, one-man team. Look at artists like Russ. Russ is the fucking man. Mad fucking props to Russ. Always will have respect for Russ. He is apologetic at times when he says that it sounds off like, uh, like he's being uh, arrogant or whatever. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something else he said. I'm going to quote him. 
He said, I got to build my shit up so high. So when you come and try to pick my shit away, I'm still above 100. And and I could relate to that because my music was so powerful. I had to fucking water my shit and tone it down so the people around me that I loved wouldn't feel intimidated that I'm talking about my fucking music. You know, for how many years I depended on my fucking stupid ass family that I love, but they're fucking dumb as shit. Now I had to create a barrier of respect of, listen, if you don't have anything positive to say, you're not allowed into the circle of love. This circle of love, this door of the church to my heart of my life requires a payment of love. If you come in with love, you will leave with love. If you come in with negativity, you will be on the outside. And it's a lot colder out there than it is in here. So because I was young and I was uneducated and unexperienced, I was undisciplined. So I was vulnerable to all of the emotional, verbal, psychological attacks of the people that I love. Like, picture me in the front of the fire, in the furnace, right? Because I'm trying to help somebody that I love. Picture me and my feelings getting hurt because I bought a family member, a Rolls Royce, that is not the new one, but it's the same body style. And I'm saving myself $400,000 to teach them a lesson about business and life and finances and creating wealth. Then I'm taking those three, 400000 to invest into properties, real estate, and businesses for them to be successful. I'm still spending the same five, six hundred grand out of the kindness of my heart that I don't have to. I got my own fucking kids. I got my own wife to keep happy, right? But I'm also doing that to teach them a lesson that this can be passed on, that this formula you can multiply and you could continue to do this. But I'm also saying in a nice way, I'm giving you over half a million motherfucking dollars. Don't ask me for shit. No, I'm not going to give you a fucking million because you don't know how hard I had to fucking work for that million dollars. You don't know how much time it takes to get a million motherfucking dollars. But here's 650000 Here's a fucking $150,000 Rolls Royce. It's a few years old, has less than 12,000 miles. Here's a $200,000 home. Here's a $175,000 business. And here's a little savings of 75 to 100 grand. I gave 40 to your kids. What more than that could you fucking want from me? You want to make money? You want to keep the payment on that car? Go work your ass off and keep the payment on that mortgage. You can sell that quarter of a million dollar house that I bought you. You want a million dollar house? Great. The payment is four times as high. And the interest is five times as much. But that's my way of securing my peace of mind. How do I have a really close friend of mine who I give a job and and turn into my business partner? And I have to feel bad because I ordered you a 2014 Aston Martin when my Lamborghini is a 2016. And I could go buy the fucking new shit, but I'm too rich to pay for the money. I'm too fucking greedy. I'm too grimy. I'm too stingy to fucking give them six, seven hundred thousand dollars for a fucking car that does the same shit that a thirty, forty thousand dollar car does. It just looks like a fucking creature. It looks like some machine. I like comic books. I love Batman. So I love the Batmobile. But you have to understand, when I was fucking broke and poor and I didn't have shit, I thought that having one of those cars would be the fucking answer. You know why? Because I couldn't afford them. Now that I can afford them, now that I know the value of a dollar, I'm like, there's no fucking way, Bugatti, you're getting $7 million from me. You're not getting five. You're not getting a million from me. You're not getting half a million dollars from me. Now, I'll buy an old EB110 GT as soon as that shit is like 150000 I'm not giving you no fucking four or five million dollars for a car. I still believe that a car shouldn't be more than fifty, sixty thousand. With markups now, inflation, COVID nineteen, maybe eighty. I'm look at the new Corvette. I love the new Corvette. I'm not paying more than sixty five for a base model. 
I don't give a fuck. I will wait. I got all the patience in the world. The Z06, my friend bought one for 185000 If I can't get a base model for 120 I don't want it. Oh, they're only making so much. Oh, fucking well. Oh, but it does this, but does that. Oh, well. I can use that money to invest into a business, invest into a portfolio, and get minimum 10 to 15% of my money. What the fuck is that car going to do as soon as I drive off the lot? It's just going to take a dump for half the price. I don't play those games anymore. I'm not trying to keep up with the motherfucking Jones. That's how you build wealth. And that's just the brutal honesty. I miss a part of my childhood where I would have overcompensated all the bullshit around me to fucking prove a point to a girlfriend that broke up with me, to friends and peers that told me I would never make it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy this fucking Lamborghini. I'm going to fucking show them. I could have done the same fucking thing by just not paying them attention. I could have rented a car for a day and it would have done the same motherfucking shit. But what did I do differently back then? I went and spent a quarter of a million dollars on a car that I lost my ass on. You understand me? 2023, I'm not making those same mistakes. I saw a building that I wanted to buy. It was less than $8 million. You guys heard it on the last two podcasts. My friend bought a jet for less than $10 million. His own fucking private jet. I'm not there yet. I'm close. I could probably fucking fart over a bridge and be able to do it and put myself in debt and probably lose everything. And I still wouldn't do it. The other buildings that I saw, the other properties that I want to invest, they're like $20 million. You know, to impress my fucking mentors, I have to be between 50 and $75 million worth of investments just to impress them. I'm over here looking at a fucking $18, $19 million property, and I'm, I'm seeking to put together about $25 million. There's levels to this shit. I can see the next motherfucking level. Maybe two to four, five, six, eight years from today, maybe I could look at a $50 million property, but I'm not there yet. I could look at a private jet, but I'm not there yet. So what the fuck makes you think I'm going to fucking drive a newer car than what I already have? What makes you think that that's going to guarantee me that I can afford it? It doesn't matter if I make $100,000 a show. How much am I spending to get to the fucking venue? Another twenty, thirty, forty thousand. So you know how I'm looking at it outside of the dream? I got to invest forty grand to try to make a hundred, to try to make eighty, to try to make sixty. That's the reality of this music industry and my music career. People don't understand that shit. But it's okay, because they don't have to. You know why? Because I have to understand it. Because I'm the artist. I'm the investor. I'm the fucking venture capitalist firm. I get to decide who I want in my video, what single, what EP, what album, etc., etc. I make those decisions. Do you understand me? Your family, your friends, your peers, they're not going to understand why the fuck you work seven days a week and you work millions of dollars. And it's okay. Because you have to understand why you wake up every day at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and you're trading stocks. <laughs> People trying to become a millionaire, right? I got millions of dollars in a portfolio. I can't fucking sleep at night. But that's what comes with the territory. When you reach success, that's when you work the hardest. If you want to reach quantum level success. Elon Musk for president. God bless.